Welcome back. Anywho, in this particular interview, Greg spoke about how science wanted to determine what was the optimal amount of competition for a species to thrive. Because since about 1859, we have been based upon the idea of competition, of survival of the fittest, and we are all grabbing for our piece of the pie without regard for anyone around us. But the funny thing is, this isn't true. Nature is not based upon survival of the fittest, at least in regard to competition. But rather, nature is not based upon competition at all. But before we knew this, science wanted to quantify how much competition was optimal. And so there were over 400 peer-reviewed studies conducted to determine what was the optimal amount of competition that helps a species through a challenging time that they may be faced with. And all 400 studies came back with the same number, zero. Zero competition was optimal. The studies said that competition never benefits a species and that what is called mutual aid and cooperation is what always works best. Mutual aid and cooperation. Because competition is always born of duality. Cooperation is born of oneness. Now, I'm not saying that no one should ever better themselves. I do it all the time, and I hope you do too. But those who are closer to the one do not do it. We don't better ourselves to be better than someone else. Do you see? Instead, they just want to grow, to stretch for a new horizon for themselves, for their own personal growth, not to overcome something else, not to make something else feel bad, just for themselves. And though we try to paste label of healthy competition onto this act of personal growth, honey, it doesn't belong there because we have labeled it blindly in ignorance. It is nothing like competition. So. Right now, our reality, though, is still in a state where competition is not only the norm, but it's also applauded. And we're dead wrong about that, but we don't know it. Because all of these things are from the reptilian portion of our brain. And all this dominance, hierarchy, aggression, and love of ritualistic acts, they're all from there, too. And some of you will take your thoughts beyond even that and you will finally be able to see that a love of rite and ritual which is from the reptilian brain absolutely permeates and governs our religions our sciences as well as what we consider to be education now that's a whole another video for me to do <laughs> know that rites and rituals are always the hand of man from the reptilian portion of the brain and they're ever the delight of the still unconscious man. They aren't the delight of the divine who sits peacefully, quietly, unadorned and undefiled in the center of everything that is as well as everything that is not. The divine doesn't need them. 
So we must be willing to let these rites and rituals go because they are not of you, truly. And some of you will rise to see these things today. And when you do, you will lose your fear and fascination with all of this. In fact, this loss of fear and fascination is how you will first sense that you're moving away from your hidden dualistic nature and this facet of your being. Because this is the domain of a mind that is less mature. So in the same way that playing with your parents' car keys may have endlessly fascinated you as an infant, suddenly you'll just move beyond it. There won't be a struggle. It just won't hold your interest anymore. Now, I know this series has a lot of topics, but I would really like to squeeze in just one more because it might surprise you to know that there are others who have already seen all these things that I'm expressing here today perhaps even over and over from one lifetime to the next. But even so, they haven't been willing to modify their paradigm, what they consider to be reality, so that these things might take their rightful place in their world. They like what they're hearing, but they just can't bring themselves to change. So, how does someone attempt to bring something into their world that harmonically doesn't really currently belong there? Well, they do a dangerous thing. They build a bridge. They build bridges where one can at least temporarily attempt to connect to conflicting worlds. All right, but what are bridges, you might ask? Well, every religion ever created began as a bridge. Every last one. Every religion, every theological concept, every attempted container of the divine is a bridge. They are nothing more than man's inept attempt to bring the divine into his world when what he should have actually done is make his world divine, shouldn't he? So it is through bridges that we have brought these incorrect tweaks and twists into our lives these lies, these misconceptions, the untruths and misinterpretations that has given man supposed divine license to commit atrocities and cruelties against himself and his brother. All of these things were brought into being by the creation of bridges where someone momentarily glimpsed a fraction of the truth but then wanted to conform the truth to what they saw as their already existing reality. And the truth conforms to nothing but itself. And so the only thing you can do is to try and make it seem unified by building clever little bridges. And some bridges are so ornately hidden that they're hard to detect unless you inspect closely. But these bridges are the source of each and every wrong turn or incomplete thought that man has ever had. So, don't do that. Don't bridge. To go where you want to go, you must be willing to let go of whatever is necessary, whatever thought or belief is holding you back. I have spent so much time pacing back 
back and forth, not wanting to sacrifice my pet belief or concept of this or that, trying to find a way around doing it. I admit it, I have. Now I've learned. I may pace a few steps, I may moan or complain, but up onto the sacrificial altar it goes because I know it's going to end up there anyhow. And I do it because I want to see fully, clearly. I want to see it all. And like you, I can sense so much untapped, still rippling beneath my surface. So many truths, so many gifts, waiting to be allowed to come forward. Do you feel it too? I hope so. Please join me for the next part, and we'll get back to the reptilians.